Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Oh. Yo. Oh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. We also cover ROH stuff. We really just talk about whatever the hell we want. Me and Alex yeah, here. It's unrestricted. We, it's unrestricted. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but like when my boss, Nick Sobic, he does like sponsorships and stuff for AEW, was like, hey, we're thinking about calling it unrestricted. I'm like, as long as I can swear on it, we're good. So, <laughs> and that is how the name happened. And thank goodness you got that cleared. I know, right? Totally. Because... It saves Stacy a lot of time in the editing because she doesn't have to go through and add 20 bleeps throughout the whole friggin' show. I'm trying to be better, though. I'm trying to be better. And speaking of better, we have a fantastic... <laughs> I don't... That was a terrible segue. But we have an awesome guest here today. I'm very, very excited to have Toa. He's one-third of the current ROH eight-man tag champions. Or six-man. Or six-man. Six-man, yes. It's like an eight-man because you got Nana and he's always cheating. <laughs> so there you go. And Nana basically fills in for two people, right? Like he he's does. here, he's there, he's wherever, <laughs> he's on the, he's yelling at me, he's saying good, 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 good all the time. He's in the like, money. I mean, come he's on. He's in the money. Okay, yeah, but this isn't, the, the, screw Nana. Whatever, we've got Toa here today. How are you, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Okay, so first off, I want to start off with uh, an absolutely incredible tweet. I think you still have it pinned. So cool. From January 23. It says, last year at this time, I was delivering for Uber Eats to fans who were watching Rampage. Fast forward to now, I filmed a commercial for Uber Eats, and I get to perform on Rampage. Saying I'm blessed is an understatement. Hard work always pays off. First off, congratulations. How awesome is that to have one of those like full circle moments? Oh, it's definitely surreal. Especially like the commercial aspect, like right? my goal was obviously like to make it on TV and to wrestle for AEW. So I would say AEW is the Sunday because you mean ice cream is the base. Everyone loves it. But the sprinkle and the cherry was definitely the commercial. So it was definitely like, man, like and they picked me out of based off my audition, not with wrestling. I didn't say anything because I, I wanted to get it based off just my own you know credentials. So afterwards, I said something. So it was definitely fulfilling. Amazing. Good for you. Good for you, man. That's friggin' great. So how long did you do the the Uber Eats delivery stuff? So to, to get to it really quick, I was that was my job. So I mm-hmm. I lived in the Bay Area during the pandemic and I was a personal trainer. So when I moved to LA for training for wrestling, you know, I couldn't rebuild 
my clientele is a personal trainer. So, but I still had to take care of the bills. I had to take care of my family. So I had to figure something out. So Uber Eats was the job that I can still train and I'm my own boss so I can go clock in whatever I need to. I think it's just one of those gigs that really helps with wrestling too, because we all sort of have that gig economy mindset of like, you're just hustling constantly, trying to get the next dollar just to pay the bills and whatnot. So good on you, man. Like that totally paid off. I feel like this whole first segment is like, let's just congratulate you on all your hard work. <laughs> because you're freaking killing it, man. But um, yes, so you debuted on AEW Elevation with Mike Reed, lost to FDR, whatever. But October of, of 2021, how did you find out that you were going to be making your debut? I got in contact with QT. He said, hey, we're going to bring you in. And everything aligned. So as soon as I got in there, at first I wasn't even on the board. So I was like, but I was just happy to be there and, you know, to show my face. Mind you, I'm, I'm so brand new to the business. I started training in, in June of 2019. Whoa. Yeah. I debuted in March 2021. Within less than a year of my debut, I had that opportunity. So I just knew I just needed to make the right connections. And <laughs> I got lucky, man. I, I My belief is this. I wasn't on the board, but then I had to go take pictures with Speedy. Mind you, I'm 6'4", 300 pounds, Samoan, tattooed. You know, I'm the only Samoan besides Joe at the time. I said I was the only Samoan at the roster. So obviously, uh, everyone's looking at me. I had my EA, like, complete total like Samoan you know what I mean I had the whole get up so you know I feel like I had eyes on me and then as I go back someone calls me over like, hey you're on the board I was like oh, okay cool so you know I was just really blessed to get those opportunities man that's amazing so did you grow up a wrestling fan oh yeah ecstatic it was like um, it was funny so I got into wrestling because of my wife hmm. the reason why I say that is because when I grew up I loved wrestling so much it was like my everything for me my wife asked me the simple question why don't I start wrestling and I couldn't answer because when I grew up, I thought these guys were like superstars, like unreachable heroes. Like I never thought I could even attempt to attain those things. Never even crossed my mind. So when she asked that question, it was the first time someone actually asked me that question. Wow. And I thought to myself, well, I loved it. So I'm like, it makes sense. You know, I'm very passionate about everything I do. So I feel like, and at that time I was trying to transition to something else because I was a powerlifter. And at the time, I bent 635 pounds, total over 2,000. And I was trying to chase for a 700-pound bench press. Oh. But at the, also at that time, like, I could barely touch my toes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was just very, like, I asked myself, if I bet 700 pounds, like, does it put money in my bank account? Mm. And can I take care of my family with a 700-pound bench press? The answer was no. So at the time, I was really trying to think, like, what can I do? My wife just simply asked me. And then I was like, you know what? It makes sense. I love wrestling, and I know that's going to be one of the biggest things going into it. If you don't love it, you're not going to make it. So I was like, well, I love it. And I'm like, I know it's not going to be easy, but I know I'm one of the toughest people out there when it comes to a mental mindset. Whatever it takes is my always, like, my driven thought process going into it. We love a supportive spouse. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And I love that it's like, hey, why don't you become a bank teller? It's like, no, why don't you become <laughs> a wrestler? Like, how yeah. badass, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Usually people are trying to talk you out of being a wrestler. Right. And she went the opposite, <laughs> which is amazing. Oh, no. We're talking about, you know, talking about like my support cast, even like my in laws, like never once did I feel doing Uber Eats, living in a one bedroom apartment with like their daughter and their grandkids in this little tiny space. Not once did I feel like I had to give up on my dream. They believed me 100% the whole way. Damn. You know, I had a lot of people backing me up on this, and there's no way. I was going to like let the, anyone, you know, fail them or myself at that point. Hell yeah, man. How yeah. freaking awesome. This is great. 
So April 2022, Supercard of Honor, Tully Blanchard introduces Gates of Agony. How did this all come about? When did you hear that you'd be teaming up with Brian Cage and Khan? I heard all this stuff around um, around January. So I had a dark match against QT. I believe that was that was the moment because then I got called into TV. It just so happened me and Khan were just two guys that were just sitting next to each other. We vibe really well. I knew of him based off his dark work because I watched every single dark match, every single one, because I was looking at everyone as competition and I'm pinpointing like, I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be better than you. And Khan stuck out to me. I said, okay. I said, he's good. Okay. So I'm like, so I always had my eyes on him. So when, when, when I saw him, it was just, Hey man, like, I love your stuff. Like, cause I watch everything and he's all, oh, no, I saw your stuff too. So then we just started vibing there. And then, um, QT calls it to Tony's office and say, Hey, we plan on, you know, putting you guys together. What do you guys think? And it was hilarious because me and him were talking for like a couple hours, just like almost just like brothers. Like we just hit it off immediately, not even knowing we're going to be tag teams. Wow. So when he asked that proposal, we were like, yeah, any opportunity to get our foot in the door, we'll take. Once we got the the email saying like, Hey, we're going to use you for a ring of honor. Um, you know, come through to Dallas. Like me and Colin were really excited. And that's pretty much all we knew. So once we got there, that's when we figured out all these other moving pieces. So at first we we're like, we we're excited. We we're in a tag. And then when we heard who we we're going to be partnering up with, like just based off the names alone, we we're like, okay, like I see Tony's vision for us is going to be like, we're not just going to be any kind of tag team. If we're going to be put in with people like, you know, Tully Blanchard and Brian Cage. Damn, man. If there's one thing Tony Khan is good at on top of everything else, it is pairing up people for tag teams <laughs> because he just friggin' like he just knows what it is, man. And it's like, yeah, it, it's always better too when like you know you're gonna vibe with the person that you're with because you're on screen chemistry. And like, I love working with you guys. And every time I do, it's like, oh, this just makes so much sense in the world. <laughs> you two just work so, so well together. So, I mean, you get teamed with Brian Cage, which already like this is just a fantastic group. And then eventually, Death Before Dishonor, we get Prince Nana introduced, and then you guys become the embassy, which has this like all this history of Ring of Honor. So how how did you transition from you know Gates of Agony into Embassy? Like what what happened all in there? During that period where uh, Nana came in, I remember seeing him, and if you ask him, he'll tell you stuff like he's like, "Why is this big mother ever like smiling at me, gleaming?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I'm just like this, nodding my head, yeah. Like he's like, "What?" Like because my mind says, like, I'm coming for the top. And I said, not a better hop on my back, bro, because the embassy going to go up. And that was my whole mindset. I was like, it doesn't matter who's with, who I'm partnered with, who's my in my faction. Like, from day one, from not having any job, from doing these deliveries, I'm like, there's not one thing that I'm going to let, that I have in my control, that I'm going to let slip out of my hands. So when I saw Nana, I saw his character, his like, all that stuff. I said, oh, we definitely in the money today. So I was like, we're going to make this happen. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. It, and you guys seem to gel so quickly, which is so impressive because sometimes when you're put together, it takes a little while before you get all on the same page and you kind of have that bond. But right away, it seemed like you guys clicked. So I want to ask you about your match for the six man titles in Ring of Honor. Obviously, six you took man. on... Not the eight man, the six man. Yeah, the six man. <laughs> Taking on Dalton Castle and the boys. Obviously, Dalton Castle, one of the most established wrestlers in Ring of Honor, former world champion, multi-time six man champion. What was that like going into that match and then eventually becoming the six man champs? Being blessed of opportunities of like all the trial and tribulations I went through is like finally starting to get just a little bit of taste. 
just a little bit of a taste of like the spotlight and the chance, like the opportunity is going based off uh, what I was saying earlier, like to go against on as Dalton, like as you said, is well established. Mm-hmm. And you know, not to, also the boys, man. I real quick shout out to the boys because we were first start working them our first scene, man. Like the crowd just loves them, so it was so easy for me to hate them. I was like, why are y'all chewing these little dudes? <laughs> <laughs> like I bust my ass to get here. They're just like relax the Dalton. And that changed my mindset after I kept working with them. So they're in my respect. But like, but yeah, to start off like that, that was my mindset. It's like, man, I'm going to take advantage of every single opportunity presents myself. And man, no better person to go against Dalton and ROH. So yeah, it, it's great. Just like the size difference between all you guys. Like you guys are bigger, stronger dudes with like these little tiny boys that just have like <laughs> feather hats and whatnot. It's just like it just creates a lot of awesome, interesting moments. Speaking of awesome, this podcast is awesome. This conversation is awesome. And we're going to continue coming up on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And we're back here at Unrestricted. Alex Aubrey and one-third of the Ring of Honor six-man champs, Toa Leona, part of Geet's Agony the mogul affiliates slash embassy slash mogul embassy now. A lot of different groups that you're a part of now. He's a lot of friends, okay? He just has a lot of friends. He's a very friendly guy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So tell us about this whole association with uh, Swerve Strickland, how this came to be, what your thoughts are about now being part of the mogul affiliates. Or mogul embassy, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. I just remember uh, having a call saying like, hey, you know, there's talks that we're going to be part of, you know, the Mogul Embassy. We're going to do a merger. Like I knew I know who Swerve is, as I feel like everyone does. And I agree to his statement from the past year, too. I feel like he was one of the best accusations of AEW. So I was like, and I think his stock is none but up on the rise as well. So, you know, to be partnered up with him, as I said earlier, with, you know, when we first got established with Tolly and Brian, I was like, man, to be a part with Swerve, I'm thinking like once again, like, Okay, we're we're starting to climb the ladder again. You know, here we go. Like more opportunities, more spotlight, more TV time, more time for us to excel on what we can do. You know, because I feel like, especially me and Con, we barely scratched the surface on what we're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Us as a tag team, we we've only had maybe like six or seven matches together within this time frame. We're very very hungry for more. So the fact that we get put with someone like Swerve to be so, someone that's already established, I'm like, man, I feel like it was a great pairing and. Us as the six-man champions, like, I feel like this faction could be nothing but champions. So, Swerve's due very soon. Oh, very much so. It's just a matter of, like, he he had tag titles already. Like, he's had the taste for gold. Mm -hmm. So, it's just a matter of, like, all of y'all are just going to be fighting for more and more. But, I mean, also on top of that, like, Swerve's in a a feud with 
Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. Now you get the opportunity to work with like these guys, which is frigging great. It's like you have legends of of wrestling history and Dustin and Keith Lee, who's this incredible human being. Like you're strapped to a friggin' rocket <laughs> and just like it's already taken off, come back, and then like taken off like 12 more times. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my first three programs, like FTR, War Joe, and now Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. I mean I'm not complaining. Where can you go from here? <laughs> like, what, I'm not what's complaining. Next? <laughs> what's next, man? Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Let's let's take it back a little bit. You'd mentioned uh, you've been a wrestling fan since you were very very young. Who who were your favorites? Like, what got you into wrestling? Man, I mean, just the '90s, the Attitude Era, like just like everyone else. But I would say what stuck out to me the most, I would definitely say Umaga. Mm. like like growing up and seeing him like it was so different he stuck out like like a sore thumb and then it's funny because it's gonna sound like i'm just like spitballing like none of the samoans but like these are people that like i saw myself on tv representation exactly and then to see like rikishi as well you know shout out nox pro my trainer that's where i started yeah see rikishi and umaga two vastly different people but i feel like i can relate to both of them i mean you guys can see like I'm very different when I'm when I cross that entrance ramp from when I'm behind the entrance ramp. Oh yeah, thousand <laughs> percent. You know, I'm all smiling and stuff like that. As soon as I hit that ring, I'm like, it's go time. I, I, You're I, scary. I turn a switch in my head. I feel like uh, when I see Rikishi and Umaga, for example, like I I feel like like both. You know what I mean? So I see how Rikishi is just like the dancing, the cool. Like he's so cool with it, so smooth. Like growing up as a kid, I'm like, man, like he makes being big cool. You know, and I, I grew up a little overweight at first. So, like, seeing that was awesome. And then Umaga being that crazy animal he was, man, it was, like, mind-blowing to see him just destroy everyone. So did you specifically, when you decided to get trained, seek out Rikishi? Yeah, so when my, when my wife asked me, like, uh, why don't get to wrestling? And I was like, you know what, you're right. So then, at the time, I lived in San Diego. So I looked up, like, schools. And I just so happened to see something on Instagram about like Rikishi having a school. So I pulled this thing up and I was like, oh, it's in LA. And then my wife's like, well, do you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, drive. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so then uh, I, I met up with Rikishi, like I said, in 2019. But at the time I was playing arena football and I told him, I was like, hey, after this season's done, I'll, I'll come and I'll start training. I was like, I just have to finish this football season now for you know, like I said, I'm sorry, like a lot of circling back. I grew up playing football. So uh, went to City College, San Francisco, got a scholarship to San Diego State. I got hurt. So then my my football career was done. So I was like really disheartened because it was everything I like I wanted and I trained for. I did everything I could to achieve and to be like that close and just, you know, fall out of my hands. I just so happened to be at a Burlington Co-Factory. This football coach uh, for the San Diego Strike Force was just like, hey, you, you play football? And I was like, well, I did. And then he's like, well, hey, we have a practice at this time, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I pulled up. I met with the GM. They signed me on the spot. Wow. <laughs> that must be the best Burlington Coat Factory trip ever. <laughs> it definitely was. Not official sponsor, but very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I was just like, man, like, and mind you, I was not in shape at all. Like, uh, this is post powerlifting. So I was like close to 400 pounds. When mm -hmm. I played at SDSU and like my, my collegiate, like the defensive ends weight was like 250, 260. I'm pushing four bills. Oh my God. So I'm not the same player. I had to switch positions. I had to do a lot of different things, but 
I told myself, I was like, man, I, I'm going to do this for my old self. Like he worked so hard to be called a professional football player to get paid to do it. So I was like, I'm going to finish this out for him. So then after that, I was like, then I'll start my new journey. So then, uh, I met up with Rikishi in June. I started training in June of 2019. I would make the drives three times a week, two and a half hours down to LA, train, drive back, Damn. Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays. And I'll do that for good for you all the way to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, like I said, I moved to the Bay Area. And when I moved to the Bay Area, man, that was rough because my job, I still had like a family, you know? So it was, it, it sucked because I would leave on Tuesday morning. I'll go drive to train at Knox Pro. I'll train and then I'll crash at my buddy's house and when uh, on Wednesday, that was like like I said in San Diego. So I'll drive down to San Diego after, stay at his spot Wednesday, drive back up Thursday, train, and then drive home and try to get back home by like Friday at three AM. Wow. That's like a eleven hour drive from San Francisco to San Diego. Yeah, it's a good little push. So yeah. I did I did that until I moved and started doing Uber Eats because they got to the point where I had a conversation with my wife and I was just like, hey, I feel like we should move to LA. I was like, we'll save more time and I can actually put more effort and I can train more and we can speed up this process of me getting signed. <laughs> it was pretty much like the mindset, mind process, you know, she didn't hesitate. She's like, all right, let's do it. So we took, uh, we took our two dogs, uh, my one son at the time, Bo. <laughs> and yeah, we, we moved up, found a little one bedroom and then we started working and started chasing these dreams. Damn, this is like, like you hear people talk about this kind of shit all yeah. the time. Like, oh, I made the drive. Like, no, you literally made the drive. Like, yeah. as oh, someone there's, there's who. There's more. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. Because then a month later, we found that my wife's pregnant with twins. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I felt the pressure, guys. Oh, I felt the pressure. And it was just something that was like, I was more driven than anything to see my wife pregnant. We're doing Uber Eats, man. I got my son in the car. I got my two dogs, my pregnant wife sitting. I'm driving doing these Uber Eats, man. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I I used to live near San Francisco. So like making the drive down to LA, like it's not, I think all these guys like Alex that live on the East Coast where you can drive from one state to the next in like an hour. Like <laughs> they don't fully understand how big California is and like how much of a dedication that is and it's hot too like it's it's a it's a long boring drive five is just straight it's there's nothing fun out there man good on you dude yeah so what happened next after that because you reached this point dying to find out how this continued to evolve so yeah so we moved to la and started doing that and i started training with kishi just back and forth like i was saying earlier and then um the opportunity came where i got in contact with qt and then just like i told you guys earlier man at first i said no <laughs> what uh, yeah really yeah i was like i at first i was like cause i was so i knew you only get one chance one opportunity and the first impression is everything so i was scared and i spoke to my wife and she just like why why did we move down here and i was like that's a very good point i oh my god I <laughs> yeah so then i was like okay i didn't say no to anyone but in my head i said no i was like i don't think i'm ready like i was like you know he's like what do you mean you're not ready i was like you know you're right you know, let's let's go for it. Yeah, it's it's like you never know when the opportunity is going to come, right? You got to jump for it. And I'm so happy that you just have the friggin' support system you do and you made that jump because... I'm happy too. Oh yeah, now we're friggin' coworkers. <laughs> yeah, that debut was like the best 48 hours or weekend of my life because it was a Friday show or yeah, Friday, Saturday show or something. Then we had dark tapings and then we came back and Elevation was on Monday. So I flew back Monday morning the family was so happy to see me. It was my son's birthday. 
So then the in-laws were over too. So we had, we had elevation on, you know, it was just like seeing like all, like all the hard work, just finally like visually seeing it. Like it was like sustainable, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. It was like, we visually saw it. And then this is the best part too. Like, man, I hope, I'm wondering why I'm going to call, call back. Like, I hope I did good enough. And then I think like four in the morning the next day, I get an email saying like, Hey, can you come to Boston? Mm. <laughs> so then I, I got brought back to TV the very next day. Incredible. Which was awesome. And I, it's wrestling. So things happen. So nothing happened after that point, but it did. I knew like there was definitely interest in there flying me out the very next day after my elevation debut. So I was like, just a matter of time. It's pretty much a good sign. Yeah. Very, very good sign. We're, we're having just an awesome, inspiring, positive conversation with Tola Leona here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we've got, we've got some myths to debunk. We've got some fan questions. We've got a lot more coming up next. This is AEW Unrestricted. Alex and Aubrey having a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I wanted to open up this next segment, debunking a myth. Mm. Because everybody in wrestling thinks that all Samoans know each other and they're related. <laughs> I think you have said that Jacob Fatu is family but not blood. Have you have you met any of the Samoan family of wrestling? And how are how are you trying to like break out from that sort of a dynasty that everyone just assumes you're a part of? I pretty much met everyone for the most part. Like uh, when I went over to Knox Pro, man, Rikishi took me under his wing, introduced me to all his nephews, all his sons, and and immediately like they were looking out for me. Good, you know, whether it was like you know Jacob looking out for me, whether it was you know Sefa known as Solo now looking out for me. Like I am very appreciative of the whole family because they taught me how to be a, a Samoan pro wrestler. Nice. It's funny that you said that because I'm like I never get offended. When people is like, are you part of the dynasty? Are you part of this? Are you part of that? It's a compliment. You know, because I, I look exactly and I take it as a compliment because I'm like, if you think I'm good enough to be a part of that, good. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't wait to when I have my time where it's like more eyes on me, where everyone's going to be like, oh, he's not a part of the family. But I was trained by the family, not family by blood, but I was trained under them. So there you go. Keisha's the uncle to me. <laughs> All right. So we want to do something a little bit different here today. We want to ask you a couple of would you rather questions. Oh, interesting. Would you mind playing? Sure. Why not? All right. <laughs> here we go. So would you rather take 75 swings of honor from Claudio oh. or take 75 orange punches? Orange punches. Oh. All day. Easy. I'm with you on that one. All day. Yeah, right? I'll throw up. <laughs> Exactly. I'll, I don't care about bruises and stuff like that. That's fine. Bruises you can work through, but then you're just swinging, waiting for someone to throw you in the pile of vomit you left behind uh, after 30 swings. Yeah, I don't blame Jericho for tapping. Oh, no, no, no. It makes a lot of sense. Smart man. Would you rather have a barbed wire match or take thumbtacks? Ooh, that's a good one. Thumbtacks for the pot. Oh, dude, dude, yeah. Ooh. I mean, obviously, I'd rather physically go through a barbed wire, I think, but the thumbtacks, I feel like, would be... A one-time spot, boom, we're out. Yeah, and they could be therapeutic. <laughs> it hurts on the initial, and then you kind of just move on past it. It's it's not so bad. No, it's like acupuncture. I'm currently still all scratched up from counting up I was going to say, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I don't know what I would rather have, like thumbtacks or like violent Texas grass at this point, because both of them kind of <laughs> suck independently. <laughs> all right. Would you rather have to navigate Lombard Street on a unicycle or attempt to parallel park on the city's steepest hill? Parallel park. Oh, yeah? No. All right. Oh, I'm nice with it. I got bars. Yeah. 
That's bullshit. Okay, so California driver's test does not require you to learn how to parallel park. Agreed. I'm just going to put it out there. It is stupid. It is really dumb because it means that at the age of 36, I cannot parallel park. I'll literally go somewhere, get out of the car, change places with my husband and go, okay, you go. Just because it's, it's, oh, no. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Fuck that. I'd take the unicycle any day. Sorry. I just had, let me get off my soapbox. Okay, I'll stop. Get off your unicycle. Fire, fire. <laughs> oh, I'll get off my unicycle. All right. Would you rather be able to eat sourdough bread for an entire year or have to wear a cable car bell everywhere you went for an entire year? These are nice Bay Area ones. <laughs> I know. Hmm. Now, the sourdough bread, is that all I'm able to consume? Ooh, let's say yes. Mm. Oh. I like that it changed. <laughs> it did. It did. I think I have to do the cable car. I like. I can't just eat sourdough bread. <laughs> mm. It's like it's a once, once and done. Like I, I have some, and then I'm, I'm good for six months. The clam chowder <laughs> and, and the little bowl thing. Like I, I, I'll dig into it, but I can't even finish the bread bowl sometimes. A little too much. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's good at first, then after a while, you're like, eh. yeah, you're gonna tap out like that giant swing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Puke at the same time too. <laughs> exactly. All right. Would you rather have to wear a full body Silicon Valley startup hoodie in the scorching summer heat or have to attend every Sharks game dressed as a giant shark? Oh, Sharks game for sure. Oh, hell yeah. It's tank shit from Wildfront, baby. Southside Central Day. I'm working Sharks all day. There you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. All right. We got a couple fan questions coming up. Lone Wolf Panda asks if you could have any match, singles, tag, trios. With anyone in wrestling history, alive, retired, passed away, whatever, who would it be? I don't think I'll answer this question. Hmm. I mean, if I'm if I'm going to answer honestly, yes, I'll put it in one match. Then I'll say a triple threat between Umaga and Miro. Oh, oh, fascinating! Those are like the two people, like you know, that helped me come up with like some of the some of the way I do my thing. So. I feel like it would be only it only makes sense to go against the two that I like aspire to like be like. So I like that. Why not be both of them at the same time? Oh, all right. <laughs> so we got a question here from National Scissoring Day. What is the meaning behind your tattoos? Oh man, I'm just proud of my culture. Yeah. I mean, there I can tell you like there's a lot of obviously little details. I mean, one of my details is uh, uh I'm Samoan and Puerto Rican. So there's a reason why I have my flags on my on my gear is because First time you see me, you obviously know I'm Samoan. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but then it's like, I'm also half Puerto Rican. I don't want that just to be thrown under the rug. I want to be everyone to be well known that I'm also Samoan and Puerto Rican. I'm proud of both cultures. Just because I'm leaning into my Samoan culture and my pro wrestling doesn't mean that I'm not ashamed of my Puerto Rican side either. So that's why I carry both flags. That's why I also have like, I have a little pokey. There you go. My tag right here for just leaving for that reason as well. Hell yeah, man. I, I didn't know that about you until I saw the flag. And then uh, I think someone told me, and I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. So good for you. Yeah. Way to represent. Try to. (laughs) I love it. You're doing a great job, man. Question from Alex on Twitter. If the embassy did not exist, which faction in wrestling past, present, or future would be the best fit for you? Mm. That's a a very good question. I really can't think of any, any factions in mind just due to the fact, like, I never wanted to join anything. I always wanted to start my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question, even though I'm not the Alex that asked the question. I'm another Alex with a question. If you could form your own faction with anyone, past, present, or future, aside obviously from 
the faction that you're currently in with the uh, Mogul Embassy, who could it be or who would it be? Oh, man, this is this is good stuff. And from past to present, anything like that? Anything. Uh, I mean, it's so hard just because, like, I feel like all my answers would just be, like, based on the people I love growing up. So it's just be like, this would be another Samoan faction. And I don't want to seem like I'm copying stuff. But, I mean, if it was me and I'm the head guy, Umaga is my heater. Power of Pain is my is the tag team in my faction. Nice. Let's see. And then who is my manager? The mouthpiece. Ooh. Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. There is a manager that's been dealing with a lot of Samoans out of the past. So there could be a guy named Paul or, I don't know. I like Nana. I like Nana in this spot, actually. Nana's great. He is fantastic. I do like Nana in this spot. I do. Heck yeah. A little different. He's he's very different. He's very he's very nana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very much. <laughs> kind of so. kind of hard to describe. It. It's like once you know him, you, you just get it. Yeah. But if you're trying to describe him to somebody, it's like, well, he's this guy like singing. He's all about money. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything is good. <laughs> <laughs> we talked so much about powerlifting through this whole thing. There was a really good question from Niner State. Uh, how much can you bench press, barbell squat, and deadlift? Uh, my best gym list competition as well as I've, I've done 635 bench press, oh. 800 pound squat and 750 pound deadlift. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. A little bit. <laughs> That's like the boys with Dalton Castle all in one yeah. times two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have some, I, I have some pretty cool lifts. Uh, I've inclined six plates. I've bench pressed four plates for for 20 reps on bench press. Whoa. Yeah, I've done I've done some some pretty cool things in the past. Dude, anytime I get my deadlift up above 165, I'm like, I am the strongest person in the world. And then I hear shit like this and I'm like, <laughs> nope. Still got time. Still got still got places to work. You got some work to do. I have a little bit of work to do. Just <laughs> arguably a little bit. I'm catching. I'm catching up though. <laughs> so Justin H here, speaking uh, of fitness and all that good stuff, wants to know. Uh, how has your fitness and eating changed from powerlifting to pro wrestling? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I, I started, my first athletic uh, like career was football, so I wasn't as big by far. So when I started transitioning to powerlifting, I mean, from powerlifting to wrestling, I had to readjust my whole training style, my whole diet. Mind you, I got up to 400 pounds by choice. Mm-hmm. When I had to go back, I was like, oh, here we go. So I wasn't like this concerned, like, oh, man, I can't do it. It It's just like I knew it was going to take some time. You know, like I said, I started training in 2019. I knew like that first year, it's just me trying to get back to my whole body. And then when I did get back to my whole body, there was certain things I was limited to mentally because I was like, I feel like I can do this because I'm like, this is my whole athletic stuff. I'm like, wait, oh, I can't move like that right now. So I definitely had to take some time. But currently, man, like I hired a nutritionist. You know, shout out Jen Ryan. You know, she did the CrossFit Games. She's one of the baddest women out there when it comes to the CrossFit Games stuff. So shout out to her. She's been running my nutrition for the past, like, 15 weeks. And then i also been actually doing CrossFit as well. Shout out Becca Void over at uh, Training Yard. Uh, started training with her. Hell yeah. On top of everything else, I still do, like, my regular bodybuilding, like, gym lifts. I just added these other things on top to kind of fast-pace my cardio, fast-pace my diet, like... Mind you, when I got into this business, I didn't want to just be like, just another big dude. I wanted to be the dude. So I got looked apart. I know the things that I need to work on. So I got help from those different aspects of the things I need help from. So 
it's hard because a lot of people don't realize like it is a constant effort to focus on nutrition. Oh yeah. It's not even just like a, Oh, well whatever, just, just eat right. It's like, no, it's like, are you eating the right foods for your body, for your activities, for how you want to grow? Like as an athlete, you end up having all this inflammation that you like, I've, I've been working with a nutritionist for over a year. So I'm just like thinking about all this stuff. Like, dude, this is so hard. It's game changing. It's game changing. It's game changing. It's crazy. Cause it's like, people just think about all the work you're putting into the ring, but there's all of these other aspects that are just forgotten about that are like no it's literally i'm counting i'm putting all my food on a little scale making sure that i, I measure all my hey, macros whoever whoever brought the scale to carry man shout out to them because it was life changing. Right? i literally just started to diet and i was like one day i forgot my scale i was like oh no and i walked up to carry and i saw there was a scale i said let's go was that orlando because i saw you using that scale <laughs> and I was like, wow, somebody's using it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because it has a little label on it. It says, do not take or it won't be returned or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's the first thing I do is like, I would leave it. I don't want it to be stolen and taken back. Yeah, this is for everyone. This is a benefit <clears throat> that we have been provided. Yeah. It must be protected. Please no children. Let's go. God, the amount of people that I'm sure pack, like how many of us check coolers when we travel? How many of us have like freaking food scales when we travel? Like, oh my God. Oh, you, like, got, a, you got a pretty cool like cooler backpack deal. Oh, I, I got the Billy gun cooler <laughs> like we literally have the yeah. same one so when our bags come down and she's just looked that one's mine i'm like asshole like <laughs> but it's it's hard man i like all the effort to you man so this is this is fantastic i think one more question before we wrap up i'm just curious because you've you're such a family guy you've got such a supportive spouse like are your kids into wrestling like or do they have aspirations at this point that you see like and how do they feel about being able to see their dad on tv my son, uh, Bo, Bruce Orlando Jr., he's four. And then I have my twins who are like 14, 15 months old. And then I got my newborn that's uh, a little over a month. Wow. Damn. Congrats, man. Yeah. So uh, my son, Bo, man, he loves it. You know, at first, like, you know, he was seeing like I, he's just slowly starting to become more and more of a fan before it was just on the TV. And he'll just like kind of look and then kept playing and then on the TV and he sits down and then like anytime dad's on TV, he is so ecstatic. It's wow. definitely cool, man. It's definitely cool to see him like to be like, man, my dad's on TV. He's, he's doing this. Like he understands too. He's very smart in the sense of like, you know, we left, uh, we left that little one bedroom, you know, a little expanded a little bit and he's asked us like, oh, how or why, you know? And then in my eyes, oh, you know, you know, dad's wrestling and kind of helped everything out. And then he's like, oh, that's cool. So he understands that that wrestling is my job. And when I go to the gym and I have to leave my family for a couple hours, like he knows I'm going to work, you know, he's our dad, you know, have a good, have a good workout, you know, and then I come back and then he always wants to fight me and stuff like that. So huh. yeah, man, it's definitely surreal. <laughs> That's so cool. I always love it when you see like all of these little things happen. And, and, and I mean, this whole conversation was awesome. Like, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. This was great. You have such a wonderful, positive story. It's so inspiring. And, this is really cool to see like in such a short amount of time where you started and where you are now. And I absolutely love that we get to work together because you're just a wonderful human being. Oh, I appreciate you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, I know. It. I know. I'm make everybody <laughs> uh, I know. I'll stop. Sorry. He's a big, scary guy. <laughs> Definitely scary. Uh, Wait until you see him in the ring. Definitely doesn't yeah, wear I adorable know. Crocs backstage <laughs> before he goes out to the hey, ring. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. <laughs> this is unrestricted. This is not that unrestricted. It's just unrestricted, Aubrey. There's some lines you just don't cross. I don't know. That's, that's sacred. That's sacred. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> true heel. I'm breaking all the rules now. I love it. I love it. Uh, you can follow Toa on Twitter, Toa Leona, and on Instagram, Toa underscore Leona. You can, of course, listen to and follow this podcast. New episodes every Thursday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your wonderful, wonderful podcasts. And check out video episodes on YouTube, new episodes every Monday. Make sure you mash that like and subscribe button, as the kids say. Dynamite on Wednesdays, Rampage TNT. This is Aubrey Edwards and Alex Eberhentes. Thank you for listening so much to AEW. Woo! Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.